Hi, this is Jenny Salkeld. Welcome to the Widows That Wine Together podcast. This is a very special podcast episode for me. My daughter, Samantha, is joining, and she and I have been talking quite a bit um, over the last few weeks with her back home for school from school, um, just about things that she's experienced this past almost now 21 months since my husband's passing, and really put a a spotlight on on the thought of you know what do young adults go through and and what their perspectives are on coping with the loss and i told her i said you know samantha you really got to share your story you've got to share your story because this is not you don't hear this at all as much with with younger um young adults and you know highlighting what her experience was what support systems helped her through um early on, particularly in the early stages after uh, my husband's passing. And also the self-care, the healing, the things that really um, allowed her to reflect, um, you know, because she was just like a lot of us widows and widowers were in that just survival mode. Our, our young children also go through that too, as they're adapting and they're changing to this environments. And she goes into navigating the various transitions, particularly for her. She was a senior in high school. And then soon after that went, you know, transitioned to, to college. So hearing, um, you know, managing those responsibilities, those major life um, decisions and not having the, her parent, having her dad there to guide her, to counsel her, to, you know, just share the excitement of those particular milestones, things like that. And really highlighting um, the strength and resiliency that um, you gain along the way in, in facing this challenge. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Please share it with um, others that you might find, or they may find that this is helpful to them. Um, I think it's always sharing our stories is important because it really highlights how we're not alone in this process. You've heard me say that before with other episodes, and particularly now hearing it from a, a young adult, um, a child's perspective on the loss of a parent, um, hearing their stories and, and how important that is. If you have any questions on this episode, please send an email to widowsthatwine at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Well, Samantha, you and I have been talking about this for some time, and we thought that it would be a good perspective for you to share. Uh, your experience and having the loss of dad and what it's meant to you as a young adult uh, you were 17 years old when you passed away um, and you've really grown over the last what 20 months 21 months now 20 and years. No, no 21 months and I think you don't hear often about this it's you hear the widow's perspective but you really don't have sometimes you don't hear the stories from a young adult standpoint, um, and you were a teenager now into kind of young adult. And so I think it's just been um, something of, of value right now to kind of share your, your perspective. And what we experienced that September, 2021 really did pivotally from a pivotal standpoint, really change our life. And I admire you at what you did because it was very traumatic for us, his loss. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget sitting on the couch for just days and he passed on a Sunday that next day, that Monday, I'm sitting on the couch complete, still shock numbness. And you ran down the stairs like seven o'clock in the morning. And you're like, I'm going to school. Yeah. And I just sat kind of looking at you going, are you sure? Because that whole processing and engaging and we thought oh my gosh how, I just thought how, how are you going to do that and you said I'm, I'm going so tell us how what was going through your mind why you felt that that you needed to go that next day honestly my mind was blank I just went off of what I knew I went off of my routine 
and my routine was okay weekend's over school starts up I need to go to school so I just went into survival mode did what I knew did what my body knew to do and I just got up I wore his jacket I wore his shirt that day because I knew I needed some part of him with me and I just went to school and I drove in silence and I went about my day talking to barely anyone and I cried during one of my classes I had to step out and I just cried but I just needed to I I know when what you're talking about and you or you asked are you sure and I just went I know if I do not go to school right now I'm going to fall into a dark pit and I'm not going to know how to get out of it and so I I only knew how to do my routine and that's what I went off of so tell me about because you said you cried at school and, and I think that was the start of because you, you realized how important the support systems were for you yeah right because that's what drew you also going to school because that's where you had your friends yep um your close friends your best friend yeah and explain how important that was to you then and it is even today in going through that process and you and you said survival because not only do us as the moms or the widows we go through a survival of our own but so do you right and and you needed that support structure so tell us about that well I was very very grateful and thankful to have a very good support system around me already and I they had all been informed already of everything that had happened and they had all been given proper advice of just let her know that you're there and so all of my friends that I did tell or that I felt comfortable with telling they knew and they just knew to let me cry and hug and do anything that I needed to and just did whatever they could to comfort me in that moment and asked for whatever I needed and they would do that or if I just needed support or someone to talk to they would they would do that but that initial day after I just I saw my best friend and she she was just quiet and I was quiet and I just hugged her and I just cried and it was over even though it was at school it was over in a private area where I could just I could cry and I was still composing it a little bit because I was in a open environment but I just cried and she knew and I knew I was going to be okay because I had somebody there that I knew was going to support me through this and I knew it wasn't just going to be her thankfully I had family members also be there for me and other friends also be there for me so it's very important for people around you to just not necessarily understand the circumstance but understand that it is greatly influential to you and that you could be this straight-A student and then fall right afterwards. And, or you could do the opposite and be a straight-A student and then just go even more focused into your schoolwork because that's what gets you through it, is, is, is distracting yourself with that. So just having your teachers or your friends be aware of the situation, not necessarily talk about it all the time if you don't want to, but be aware of let me keep an eye on this person. Let me just let them know that I'm here. If I know that I'm going to be teaching something that might potentially be triggering, let me pull them out before class starts. And you had and that happen. Them, didn't I did. You, you had yeah. it in one of your IB classes yes. or English it or was for. It was for English. I did have, she didn't know, so it's not her fault, but we were learning poetry. And the day after on that Monday, there was a, a poem about a parent passing away. And she didn't know, and I composed myself, and I kept myself strong. But afterwards, as as I left, I I obviously was feeling those emotions. And the next day, um, all of my teachers were informed of everything that had happened. She pulled me out before class started and apologized, and I said, "It's not your fault." What like, a coincidence! You didn't right? know. From I, the know. I was like, funny. obviously, like that's super funny. It's okay. Like you didn't know. Like it's just a funny coincidence of like, of course that had yeah, to happen, but. But yes, she was she was very understanding, and so was my um, other teachers. They I had a kinesiology teacher, and obviously with that type of subject, there's some things that could be very triggering for you. And she would always tell me before anything, even even towards the end of the school year, and and all of this happened 
towards the beginning. So even at the end of the school year, she would still tell me and pull me aside and be like, hey, I just want you to know if you need to leave, if you want to leave, are you okay with this? Like you can go, you can go in the back, you can go to a different teacher's room, you can, we can try to work around it. And she was very accommodating and so were a lot of my other teachers. So I am very, very thankful for that. And that was that the counselor, right? The counselor at the school working very closely with the teachers really yeah, helped build that support for you. That I walked out of my third period that first day that I went back after everything. And my teacher reached back out to me on like the school app, like remind is what it's called. And she asked, she's like, hey, I'm so sorry. I wasn't able to get to you after class because everything just was fast. Um, but are you okay? I saw that you had to walk out and you, you look kind of sad. And, and I said <sighs> to myself, I said, I'm going to have to tell somebody. I'm going to have to let them know. And so I told her through that message, I said, no, I'm not okay right now. My dad just passed away yesterday. And she just took it in her hands and said, oh my gosh, okay. You were totally excused from the test tomorrow. Do you want me to tell your counselor so you don't have to do it? Cause that might be really hard on you. And then they can tell your teacher so you don't have to confront that so soon. And I said, yes, that'd be, that'd be, that would be very nice. Could you? And the next day I got all of my teachers knew and they didn't address it, but they knew and they knew to be kind of careful around that subject. And I got a counselor and she would pull me in every so often talk and just to make sure that I was doing okay. And, and she was every, everyone that was involved did a very good job. And I'm, I'm very grateful and very fortunate for that. Okay. And you had, you had shared with me just recently too, that one of those classes, was it the day after also the second day or something like that? You, you came out, you had a moment where you had to, you were crying Yeah. and you came out of the classroom so and that going back to your yeah. point, they're very understanding. So when you needed to kind of step away, they understood they knew, yeah. and you were outside. And then one of the other students, yeah. a student that you didn't know yeah, came by and what did they say? That was, that was that first day after. So I had walked out during my third period and I went, can I please, please go outside right now? And my teacher, excuse me, and said, yeah, it's okay. And I just went out and I just went in the hall and I just cried. I just cried and I sat down and I was just crying and someone that I didn't even know on like even a first name basis came up to me and was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? What's wrong? You don't need to cry. You're so beautiful. Please don't cry. What's wrong? And I kind of laughed at that comment because it's funny, but but I said, I just, I'm going through something very hard right now. And I, I just need to cry. And she was like, okay, well, do you, can I do anything for you? Or do you want to talk about it? And I just told her the, the one line I told her straightforward of what it was. And she said, oh my gosh, you are so incredibly strong. Are you sure you don't want to leave? I can go walk you up to the office. We can go get you to leave and you can you can go home and just like be be with your family or do you want me to stay with you? What do you want? Like, what can I do to help you? And and I was just like, honestly, you being here is actually very nice and, and thank you. I really appreciate you being here. And I said, I called her, I said, you're truly an angel right now. Thank you. And she get, she was like, of course, of course, like I'm, I'm just, you're doing amazing for, for doing everything. And I'm here. I just want you to know I'm here. And she's like, here, have my phone number just to, just to make sure that you know, you have somebody that you can talk to. And after that school day was over, she actually reached out to me and asked, are you okay? How are you today? And she would occasionally ask me that every couple of days, every couple of weeks, she would ask me, turns out we did actually have a class together, but we just were in different seating areas so we didn't know each other but she would check on me too in that class before class started and started and it was just very very fortunate I was very fortunate with the people that I had around me and then you realize over time right you, you kind of have to embrace that help because sometimes we tend to we're a SoCal girls <laughs> tend to be a little bit self-sufficient and strong yeah. and independent but we've realized that you, you need to ask, you for need help. to ask for help Yeah, as much. And it's not a sign of weakness per se. No, sometimes you need, sometimes it shows your strength, just being able to ask for help. 
that shows that you are truly aware of your emotions. And that doesn't mean that you don't have the emotional capacity to do it all by yourself, but it's something that you should not do by yourself. You should have support for that. And you should be able to know that you have support. If you don't want that support right now, at least being able to know that you have somebody there or someone or a group of people, whoever it is, just being able to know that somebody is there for you if you need them or when you need them, that is enough. Mm-hmm. That is more than enough. Because our grieving doesn't end. Everyone thinks there's always this timeline that grieving mm-hmm. for any of us, moms, dads, children, mm-hmm. all of yeah, that. It's still whoever hard. is impacted by that loss, the second it's an ongoing process. Of course it is, yeah. It's something that that is the only permanent thing in life. That's the only thing that actually, actually is there for the rest of your life is you cannot go back and get that same job. You cannot go back and and get another thing that replaces this. That is something that is permanently gone. gone. So it's not something that you can just get over. Because like you, you, we both have said this we lost a part of we lost a part of ourselves yeah because we're part of him yeah but yet the reciprocating there that he is part of he's a, he is in us but it it's that loss and it's that sadness that will always be with us because yeah. that's for me that's my dad he raised me so obviously he's part i'm part him and in losing him physically that it 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 makes a part of you go with him as he passes mm-hmm. let's talk about that because of the physical part and you are a senior mm-hmm. and there's all these key milestones your senior year right okay. and now you're starting you're navigating transition and that was one stage right high school and then eventually with when you went to college yeah but that senior year you just started, and I'll never forget when we, you were, because you're on the dance team and they have senior night for all of the, the, the dancers, the football players, band, all of that. And they announce you, and, and it's usually when all the families, moms and dads, walk their yeah. child across the field to be recognized. And that night was just you and me, obviously. And so only a couple of weeks after we, we were strong, but it then hit you. You know, I had to yeah. compose myself to keep things from, from your, you know, to keep things together for both of us, but then something hit you, right? You had a moment. Yeah. Cause, cause I was in the whole entire process of the game and being in dance team, being surrounded by people. So I wasn't necessarily thinking I don't have both of my parents with me right now, physically. And then when I was pulling like being pulled off to the side to 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 be walking across the thing for senior night and I saw every other dancer with both of their parents or with their siblings or with their family or just both their dad on one side their mom on one side on the other or just guardians whoever was with them they had someone on both sides of them And I remember I only had one side. I I only had one parent as everybody else had both of their parents and they were all laughing and they were all talking and they were giving their kids flowers and they were giving them the necklace things, the the lays, yes. They were giving them that and they were talking and you could hear the parents being proud of their kid. And I know I had you. And we were just trying to keep it together. Yes. (laughs) Everybody else was happy and in the moment just with their family. And we were looking at each other like we need to be strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was hard. And then when you walked on the field, like you said, I yeah, you, you kind of did this this fist kind of like you're, you're with me. You're yeah. not here physically, but I, you're with me. I told myself, you know, just because he's not physically here right now does not mean that he's not spiritually here, that he's not here with me, at least in my heart, that he that he's not here. He is with me always. And I'm going to, to imagine that for right now, 
I have both parents physically here. And I knew that wasn't the truth. I knew that I really only had one physically here with me, but I held your hand on one side and I walked as I walked across the field. I walked with my other hand as if I was holding my dad's hand. It was your way to, to remember him. And to have keep him and with to have, me. And, and, have you, yeah, and to have, have him with me in that moment. Yes. And you've done that many times. And that's something oh, that yeah. I, it, it is important, right? You don't stop doing it's that. It's a small it's something, thing. And that's I, honor I bet nobody else realized that I was quote unquote holding my dad's hand as I was walking down the field with you. But to me and to you, we both knew I'm keeping him with me mm-hmm. and he is by my side, even if he's not physically here. I know he's at least looking down right now, watching me, cheering for me, saying, yay, for Samantha. So let's talk about that because you did that during graduation. You you had his necklace that had his ashes, right? Yes. Same thing, you yeah. were celebrating. Yeah, I kept I kept his necklace on and every time that we um had like a new place to walk or we were walking or just anywhere we were going or sitting or whatever part it was of the ceremony I would touch the necklace and I'd say dad I'm graduating I'm graduating right now and when I finally walked across the stage got the thing finally graduated and I sat down I just I just took a second, took a deep breath, and I said, and I had my hand on the necklace, said, Dad, I just graduated high school. Are you proud of me? I just graduated. And I knew he was proud of me, but it's just the rhetorical question, you know? But but I but I knew that he that he was there because he was around, he was on the neck, he's in the necklace. So he's with me, even if he's not physically there. Even if I wasn't wearing his necklace, he's there with me in those moments, mm-hmm. always. He's a part of me, so he's always he's always with me. His presence always always there. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And then so after high school, another key milestone for you is you went to school out of state. Right. So it's these yeah. transitions, one transition after another. And it hadn't even been a year yet. It was a, it We're was getting a to the one year anniversary here. Right. <laughs> yes. And so, but it was always something you knew that he wanted for you. We wanted yeah. for you, right. To, to go and develop and, you know, and, and go do kind something, of, go and, do something yes. and, and grow and, and go into the profession you want to go into. And so it was a big step. I mean, obviously he was supposed to be part of that because we were thinking, planning some things between California and Arizona. So he was going to be more present, but you did that. Um, It was hard. You were sad. It was scary. Yeah. You've grown a lot since then, but you know, that's another change. So, I mean, what, what, what do you, what would you tell others how to prepare that I mean because you're going through an exciting period in your life going into college and so forth after graduation but not having that parent makes there's another consideration there well if it were to be on advice is don't hold your emotions back just because you're going off to a different place in your life regardless of whatever the change is if you need to cry cry even if you are in a new environment, I remember I had so much going on mentally. My brain could not keep up with it that first two weeks, even that first month, but those first two weeks that I was there and I was alone and you had already gone back and everything. It was so difficult for me mentally to be okay. Even though I was okay, I knew I was okay, but it was so difficult to adjust to a new state to adjust to not having anyone really close to me anymore I didn't have you I didn't have any of the friends that I knew by me I I had my family down the street but I have my life going on they have theirs going on your sister's also and my sister's Uh across the world (laughs) so it was all of these things of you're you're physically by yourself now in a whole entire new environment and now you have to start a new chapter by yourself in a new environment in a new school in a new situation in a new 
everything that you could possibly think of. And you didn't, and you, and you and, didn't have dad to call because you and always I didn't, called dad. I know. <laughs> like, dad, what about this? And it was, it was hard. It was hard and I was able to get through it. That's, that's not what I'm, I'm not saying that I wasn't able to, I was able to do it, but I still had those moments where I just needed to cry. And thankfully I let myself feel my, my emotions. I'm not going to hold that back. If I need to cry, if I need to, if I need to express those emotions, I will talk it out. I will go in my room. I will let it out. I will do what I need to do because I don't want to hold on to that and then it sit there and then it just kind of bottle up until it just explodes one day. Mm -hmm. I want it to get out so I can understand those emotions so I can process them there in that motion in that moment and then be able to move forward and understand how to how to deal with this a little bit better next time if something similar happens. And so those first two weeks were very hectic and very confusing and very mind altering with you are an adult now. You don't have somebody that if you need to ask all of these certain questions, you can't ask them anymore. And you your, can and ask your dad was always someone you would always talk and to. He, you and your sister would kind of he, yeah, we would always he'd ask talk seek to for him. advice and his yeah, guidance. He was a <laughs> huge motivational speaker. <laughs> that was his gift was just being able to give you advice even if you didn't ask for it but or you would say you and your sister would say he's lecturing you call yes. me at work mom he's lecturing, he's us, again. lecturing <laughs> us again mom he, he lectured us before we went to school for like five <laughs> minutes and wouldn't let us leave the car yes but I remember talking with my sister and and that's something that we both really miss though after when it wasn't when we couldn't have that anymore that's something that we both really missed. And so But you remember being, that as you're going through this these this stage, yes. you remember these conversations. Oh, of course, of course. It's like a complete flashback if it just plays like all over. He was over. planting it there for the yes. future for you. Oh yes. Planting his seeds of greatness. That was <laughs> that's <your> great. <laughs> but but that's yes, that's 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 very true. With you're put in a whole entire new situation, even though I knew for already a couple of months by this time almost about a year by by the time that I went to college is I already knew that he wasn't there and that I couldn't do that and I already knew that that was difficult to address the first couple of times where I felt that urge to go and call him and then I'd have to stop myself that was very difficult but then being able to learn that and then having months go by understanding that that's the new normal now and then going into a new thing where you want that advice from both parents, from both of their perspectives, mm -hmm. and then struggling with the same, dang it, I wish I had, I wish I had him here to talk to me, to just call him, to just, because you would call me and you'd be like, how are you? How's it going? Like, how are you adjusting? How's everything? Blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't get that from him. And so even though I was used to knowing that I couldn't, well, not used to, but I knew by then that I couldn't call him and that he wasn't going to call me and that I only had you to talk to. It was different when you're put into a whole new situation where it's like, I need both of my parents and you don't have that. And you knew that already. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult to address it again. But it's kind of a reality check to keep you in line of, hey, even though this really sucks, this is what has to happen now. And this is what you you have to learn a new quote unquote normal now. And what would dad say? Dad would say, pick yourself up. Yeah. Get up. Yeah. Don't don't stay on the ground forever. Just get back up. Get back up. Mm -hmm. And you've had a lot of moments with that. You're like, oh, yeah. Get back up. Yeah. That was... It wasn't, I, that, that first day after I, I don't know how, I don't know how I went to school other than it just being like a survival instinct of just get up, go routine. I need to do this. And also in the back of my mind, knowing that he would not want me to be sitting in my room crying for the rest of my life. He would want me to get up, to keep going, to keep going through and getting my education he would want me to still be doing good in my life. 
just because something that big happened and changed my life that much, he would not want it to to change my ability to have good a good education or to go somewhere in my life if I just stopped. He would want me to keep going. He would want me to be happy eventually. He wouldn't want me to be sad. Obviously, those first couple of you know, days, weeks, months are, are going to be hard and you're not going to necessarily be the happiest, but he would want you to keep moving. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you learn in, the, in, that, in that type of situation is you can't just pause your life. Because what you, you told me the other day too, you life said keeps life, life keeps moving. Life mm-hmm. keeps moving. And if you stop, you are going to have to play catch up for so long and you're never going to fully be able to catch right back up with life again because then you're so behind and it's okay to take those days off or a week off or however much time you need but you need to make sure you're still moving but you can't stay stuck yeah right? we can't you can't because we're gonna we yeah we've had our ups and downs right but we just can't say because if not you can't you will be stuck and you will not be able to move forward Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so you mentioned um crying when you need to and and Mm -hmm. i want to highlight the healing aspect of that and just your self-care because when you're you're experiencing this grieving process and going through this or you really do need to take care of yourself yeah. And you have found outlets, things that you're passionate to begin with, such as with dance, but you've ran with that and used that also as a way now to help heal. Mm-hmm. And and so let's talk about that. Well, when it comes to quote unquote healing, it's really up to what's normal for you. For me, it was normal to do something creative. And so I knew dance, I knew art, I knew music. And that was very, very difficult to get back into after that had happened because I felt so disconnected from everything that that I knew, from everything that, because it felt that situation felt so surreal that it felt like I, like I, was just moving. Just go through motions. I just I didn't know what was happening. I was just moving and going and doing things that I knew, simple tasks that I knew and everything. My mind was completely blank. I cannot tell you my thought process. I just went off of what I knew. And what I knew as self-care became so difficult in that moment because you're just you become a robot of moving through your life and so you lose touch with what gives you that self-care aspect because you're already so drained and then you go and do these simple tasks that's seen as simple but in that in that moment in that time of healing it's not simple so it drains you and so you don't really have that motivation or energy to do any type of care for yourself rather than the simple eat drink sleep but then that takes a toll on you yeah by not taking by not taking so having this awareness what you're sharing it's like you have to because we've learned yeah if you don't it takes there's a a moment where Mm -hmm. you kind of go i need to take care of myself again Mm -hmm. even if it's really difficult i need to do something more than this the simple three of eat drink sleep Mm -hmm. I need to do more than that and so yeah eventually I did have that support group that I had around me all of that support system kind of say hey I know you still love dance let's get you into dance a little bit more I said okay I'll, I'll try it out and I did and I found a great great outlet for it and it helped a ton but it still was difficult. There were still difficult times. And, and if there was a sad song, I could not listen to sad songs <laughs> for a good six months after because I, I couldn't, regardless of what type of 
sad song it was. I couldn't listen to something sad or else I knew I would cry and relate it back to the situation or to what happened or what I saw and what I heard and what I experienced and everything. It was, I I couldn't put myself through that in a public space knowing that I was going to experience something like that. So I would let somebody know. It would hey, be a trigger, right? What would yes, call triggers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though it's a sad song, sad song was it's a, related it's a trigger. to it, but mm-hmm. it, but it picks something up in my brain saying, Hey, you're going to relate this sad song to everything that still happens because you're still sad. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're going to relate it to this and it's going to make you cry and it's going to be a trigger, even though there wasn't like a sad song playing as everything happened. And, you know, but it, it becomes a trigger because it it can relate with it and you can connect it and associate it with that. And so it becomes a trigger. Those, those are the things that catch you off guard, but you need to become aware of them and, and understand that I understand this is a trigger. I'm not going to put myself in that situation if I know that it's going to make me react this way. What's interesting is you've told me, hey, mom, you need to create boundaries. Yeah. And it's interesting. Yeah. You're telling me, oh, you know, yeah. and, it, and it, it's like, because I, I'm sometimes in a zone and you're this, like, mom, you need boundaries. Yes. <laughs> this, this situation most definitely makes you learn. It kind of forces you to learn your boundaries of what you're comfortable with, how to communicate it and what to not take from somebody else. You know, you get those, those comments of just ignorance, ignorant bliss, and they don't understand how lucky they are, how that one line that they said is very appalling. Yes. And you just kind of sit there, did you really just say that to me? But you can't react like, I mean, you can, but, but you can't react like that. Sometimes you need to, you need to be, you need to be more composed in some settings, if somebody says something like that, that we're very diplomatic girls. We're very <laughs> diplomatic with our responses. Because yeah, you can, there's no problem with saying, are you seriously asking me that question? That's <laughs> what our mind no is problem thinking. with you said, because that's good. Because then you're voicing the, are you like, hmm. you know, I'm not comfortable with this. And you're saying this and I've communicated this with you already. And you're going to go and push that boundary. It's okay to respond that way. But sometimes in other settings, you want to seem a little bit more professional if it's like a work setting and somebody asks something or if it's in a different, like very public, everybody's around you. You don't want everybody to know everything, you know, everything personal. And you kind of just need to be more composed and and be like, yeah, it's a little bit difficult, but can we can we talk about something else? You're like pivot. Yeah. Pivot. Yes. <laughs> pivot this direction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's all that all ties in mm-hmm. to that self-care and healing and being a, having an awareness having creating an awareness, that yes. that structure around to help because you really have to protect yourself oh yeah you have mm-hmm. to protect your energy your boundaries your body yourself your routine and if somebody doesn't understand that then you need to either talk to them say hey this is for me i need to do this for me so please don't disrespect my boundaries or what I need to do for myself to keep me going. Right. Now, resiliency, because we hear a lot about being strong and resilient. Yeah. I think for us South Hill girls, I mean, that's something dad, he, he just, he was always about. Instilled in us. Instilled yeah. in us. Mm-hmm. Um, from, from my standpoint, to, to you both you girls yeah it's just something that resiliency and, and I think that that's something especially for you as from a young adult standpoint building that resiliency in the face of loss you know that you know perceived as a setback a challenge talk about that how you see that and how yes you were fortunate that you had a dad that really did push that like I said earlier, get back up. You'd always say, get back up, fall down and get back up and just kept pushing and pushing and how that has helped you with that going forward. With what he taught us? Mm -hmm. With what he taught us, that experience of his loss and how that has, you've pushed through. You just, you have to push through going forward. You you really go off of what you know 
what you were taught or what you learned with because I know you grew up with him you, you you started a family with him so you build the same ideas or ideologies of I want to raise our kids this way let's do this teach them this we need to teach our kids this way to to make sure that they become independent and strong and resilient women you need to teach them that way so you obviously have your own quotes that you created with him and you go off of those I as the kid go off of what I was taught from both of you guys and thankfully I was very fortunate to have both you and dad be very good at teaching us how to be strong, how to pick us our, ourselves back up after something, how to have that thick skin. Thick skin, would that's always thick skin. Yes, yeah, how to always have thick skin in hard situations. It's just so acknowledge that it's okay to, to cry and, and to know, that, but it, just know that you have somebody there to support you. But everything that you guys would teach me and my sister, we, we took that information and that's what you go off. That it just, even if you're not necessarily thinking of a certain phrase or a certain line, a certain like bullet point list of everything that you know, it just kind of, you just, you just know, and you just go off of it and you just do, do what you were taught and you taught us to be strong. So we pick ourselves up. We understand it's a difficult situation. We understand that it's hard, that it's traumatic, that we are affected and our life has changed but we know that we have to keep being strong. And there was times where I knew that I had to be strong for you. And times where my sister said, we need to be strong for mom today. She's having a little bit of a harder time. So even if we're having a hard time, we need to be a little bit stronger. And I know you did that for us too. And sometimes it's just all you need to know is just breathe. Count to 10, take, just take a big deep breath. You can do this. You're strong and you're, as dad would say, you're strong women, you know? <laughs> and, and you just have to remind yourself of that and you have to keep going and you have to stay strong for yourself and for those around you. And it's not a sign of weakness to cry. Again, it's still okay mm -hmm. to cry. It's good for you to express those emotions please don't hold those in tears are very healing it's very healing mm -hmm. because all of your emotions go through that go mm -hmm. to that and so when you cry it lets you express it and so you're not holding on to it and bottling up and internalizing all of that hurt and then having that go through your body and then affecting your body more you need to you need to express it, even if it's hard to cry in that moment, even if it's a little awkward to cry in that moment or whatever it is, find a place. If you're in a public situation, you need to cry, find a place where you can go off to the side and, and feel those emotions. Now, dad obviously left a lasting impression on you girls. Yeah. Um, and I know that we, the three of us, I've made a very deliberate effort this past year to honor him and the things that we do, right? What is that? Because to us, that's his legacy. We want to honor and continue his legacy. Yeah. So what are things, because you know, I'm doing it through football, the things I've been doing through that and a couple of, he loves Star Wars, kind of so doing some things around Star Wars and things like that. And even we've had, one night where we watched Indiana Jones mm -hmm. because he loved Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> but, and, and the, but what are things James like Bond series? Yeah, James Bond, any of those kind of series you love. <laughs> but from your standpoint, how do you continue to honor him? Because that, that's important for young adults as a way to, part of that grieving process, find outlets and means to continue to honor their, their parent. Right? And, it's, and in, that, in that process, you set up traditions. Right. Yeah. So as an example, he loved cookie cakes. <laughs> so we, the three of so us, right. <laughs> what we've done is his birthday. Yeah. We do cookie cake last father's day. We did a cookie cake, yeah. um, but we've done, and we still sing happy birthday, like on his birthday and all that yeah. stuff. So what are things that you, you want to share? Again, this is all part of your story, right? We all have a story. We all have a journey. And, but it's important to share your perspective mm -hmm. 
and that's why you you know we're doing this today so that way you can share that with others but what do you want to highlight about his his legacy there and the things that he that you can honor him with i th i think it's very very important for at least me but i i know it is through our whole family we see something with with the quotes that he would teach us or the things that we knew with the pennies that every time we see that's right a penny that's on right. the floor heads up we go hi dad or anytime we see a feather or a white butterfly we say hi dad and we say that and i i say it out loud and i go hi dad and I'll and I'll be like, oh, so you're keeping an eye on me? Or, oh, you see, you see me going through a happy opportunity. I'm like, are you proud of me? <laughs> and and I'll just and I'll kind of talk like as if I'm talking to him on the phone real quick. And and the it's, Fleetwood Mac songs too, yeah, right? The That's Fleetwood it. Mac songs, yeah. So anything that that we knew that can be associated back to him, I'll always say, "Hi, Dad." Or today, this morning, I said, "Happy Father's Day, Dad." I was like, I love you. I hope, hope you're enjoying it up there. Hope it's super green. And, and there's times where I'll, I, I kind of cope with dark humor. So sometimes I'll just, I'll just laugh and I'll be like, oh, you, you watching me right now? <laughs> oh my gosh, dad, stop. Like, no, I'm in an embarrassing situation. Don't look at me. You know, like I'm in a test. Don't distract me. <laughs> and and so I'll I'll joke with that humor or any funny situation that I can find so it can make me laugh instead of making me sad because he always make love to make us laugh and and razz us. And but other than than just acknowledging him, I also look up to the sky and if I see the clouds are really pretty because he loved looking at the sky, especially at nighttime. And I'll go and I'll be like, it's so pretty. I'm like, Daddy looks so handsome because he's up in the sky. And if the sky is just so so gorgeous one day, I mean the sky's always beautiful, but if the sky is just absolutely stunning one day, you go, Daddy looks so handsome. Hi, Dad, again. Or you go off of the things that he taught us of he'd always say the everybody has seeds of greatness or always be making memories or always pick yourself up or you guys are strong or hey if you need this you call me you got this or you call somebody you know that there's somebody always there to support you and so you just kind of keep those in mind and I can't even tell you how many times I've told new friends old friends people who were with me the whole entire time that I had to experience this of I just want to make memories mm -hmm. I just want to be, I just want to keep making memories. And I made a promise to myself of, I never wanted to lose that. What would you call it? That life kind of goal of just always make, always be making memories. Right. Cause I always see, you don't that, want to look back yeah. and say, well, what yeah. did I do? Yeah. Or, that's something and, that. And making memories, you're, you're part of something. Yeah. It's part of an experience. Mm -hmm you're with or if you're with other fo other people kind of what you're engaging yeah. with yeah. yeah and that's that's something that kept me going that senior year is I didn't want to look back and and somebody asked me in like 10 years from now or something and so how was your high school senior year and then I'd have to be like I don't know I didn't do anything or I was sad or just have to mention that experience that I had to go through. I wanted to, I mean, obviously it happened during that time. So it's, it's there and yes, it affected my year, but I kept making memories and I kept putting myself in situations where I knew that I could, I could make something out of this, or I could do something with this, or I could meet people out of this, or I could socialize. That's something that you feel kind of very isolated in that situation and so when you put yourself back out into being social or into different social circles it helps you keep going and helps you kind of stay in the loop with the world and not lose the, your track with everything but that's what kept me going is I want to make memories and I want to be able to 10 years from now or whenever I have kids 20 years from now um <laughs> I want to be able to say my senior year was actually very great. Despite this one thing happening, I 
I still was able to do this and I joined this and I did this with my life and I did all of these random little things with my friends and I painted and I did more dance and I figured out this whole entire new area of dance like that's something that I wanted to remember and I didn't want to just remember it as that but you're making these memories you're continuing to remember him oh, you yeah. know that he would be it's, happy he's and it's always some, in my mind it's, but that. it's that yeah. reminder of to live yes for us really yeah. it's to live I would I remember saying it once to him of I want to live and not just exist and he was like oh that's that's really strong and <laughs> I was like yeah and then I but I remembered that she have, he would have these like intellectual conversations yeah, yeah. He, he loved that it was always at like got 1 a.m he would always come in my room at like both 4 a.m both night out yeah. yeah we'd be like playing video games we stop and then he's like so what is your conspiracy conspiracy for this month or something like it's always something Some random. random or if he woke up and like say I was still up which was very common but say say he was up at like 4 a.m he'd come in and be like what are you still doing up and I'd be like I'm I'm watching your movie and then and he'd he'd be like go to sleep and then like 10 seconds later he'd start this like huge conversation huge like world altering conversation that you just you just kind of get lost in it and then you're talking to like five or six you know and and it's just something that you know you always keep that in mind every time I have like a deep conversation like that with somebody it's always it's not like a voice oh my god my dad and I did this all the time but I keep that in mind I'm like oh my god mm-hmm. a sense of familiarity yeah well, with us recording this on Father's Day and, and kind of to conclude um our conversation mm-hmm. It's a difficult time for many, and you kind of alluded to a couple of things because of yeah. being, being Father's Day, but what would you tell a listener about, I think you had a good transition there when you were talking about the making memories and, and tying that into even Father's Day, mm-hmm. but I know for you today, it was difficult. It's difficult for me today because mm-hmm. um, knowing for you two, for the girls, for you girls, yeah. not having that here, yeah. you, this is your second father's day certainly last year was very difficult always yeah. the, the first that year of first, first everything was difficult it's it's not really you get informed of all of the first holidays and birthdays and all of the like traditions and and everything that you're used to those firsts you're informed of but those random days or those I mean for us it's only been so long but it's two years after and it still was hard Mm -hmm. so like today you were seeing a lot of people coming it's the whole families and and things like that and and I think for those that have lost their father like you mentioned really just having that strength that support Mm -hmm. but those that still do have their fathers you've told me people need to be grateful and, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's unfortunate sometimes that they don't realize that they get so caught up in the day-to-day things. It's just, it, yeah. it's just pause and have just, to be grateful. and Just recognize how fortunate you are. And I know that's hard to do sometimes, but with a situation like this that you, some, some people have to experience, it makes you, it, it, it teaches you, you need to acknowledge all of the very tiny moments in life with somebody with yourself with a pet with a big change with anything with the sunset you know just something as minimal as getting in your car just being thankful that you're still here you're still in touch with some people or you've met more people or you've done this since then or you've done that since then and you've gotten this much stronger since then. That's what you need to acknowledge that. And yeah, there's, there's, it's definitely hard sometimes. And I wasn't so much of it last year. Last year, it was, I was a little bit more, more sad in terms of, of getting through the day. If I just was like, I just kind of was down and I didn't let me get like, let it get me down all day, but I definitely had those moments where I was a little sad and a little down and 
it was a little bit more difficult and you need to address that and let it talk about it and do what you need to. But this year it was, I'm not gonna lie, I felt a little bit jealous of some of the other families that I saw that they didn't even realize just how lucky they are to have both parents still physically here. So by them by their side or just being able to to go eat dinner together. Something so small compared to being with each other all the time. But you need you need to be grateful for those things. And I I know I felt my heart dropped the other day when I was asked, what are you doing for Father's Day? And I I didn't I was I'm in a new environment where I don't really want everybody to know something that personal right away. And I just kind of had to say, oh, I think I'm just going to spend it with my mom. And thankfully, they didn't push the, the subject. But but you you have to kind of learn that that's going to that's going to happen. And that will probably happen next year of what are you going to do for Father's Day? If it's a new person that doesn't know my situation, what I had to experience, they're probably going to ask that and they don't know. And sometimes I don't want to tell somebody that right off the bat if it's a new person that I'm not close with in any way. And sometimes they don't know. They, they're they not trying to be insensitive. They just, they don't know. And and to be in a situation, I can't get mad at the person and be like, oh my gosh, just be grateful for your parents. Just, just recognize them and just love them. Just give them a hug. Just something, just do something to let them know you that you love each other. You very big on that. You tell, her yes. people, you tell everyone. Hug them, hug, hug, yeah. hug. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's something I've, I've, I've definitely told my friends if, if they were just like, oh, I'm so over this, I'd be like, just be grateful that they're, they're with you right now. And it's not as in like a, oh well, like you still have this, and I don't like. No, it's just of a, just make sure you at least hug them. That was the, the last thing for or you. Or just make sure, yeah. That because was that was the last thing for you that you that wish you had given him one I last saw hug. Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The last time I saw him was for five seconds and I could only hug him for that long. And then he was gone for about a month and then I couldn't see him during that whole entire time. And then everything happened. Mm-hmm. So my last interaction with him was, was a, a five second hug at 4 a.m. in the morning. And that was something that I, I can't regret it myself, but that's something that I really wish that I had the ability to just hug him longer or hug him again, or just be able to hold his hand or be by him, watch a movie with him, go eat dinner or something like that. Just do some, some, something familiar. And I can't do that anymore. And it's so, it's something so minimal to just watch a movie together on the couch at night, you know? And and I can't do that anymore. And so the other day when I when I saw all of the families coming in for Father's Day and to celebrate Father's Day, and some of the kids were on their phones, and some of the kids were kind of ignoring their parents, or some of the kids just like were completely out of it or they're being like sarcastic or like, I don't want to be here or something like that. And, and I just, I kind of internalized of, I just wish you realized how grateful you should be right now. And obviously I'm not going to say that to them, but I know that it makes me go, I just wish you realized. I just wish you realized just how lucky you are right now. Just, just having them. Because you would do, you would do anything to have your dad. Yeah, I, yeah, I would. Anything to just talk to him one more time, even if it's that four a.m. talk <laughs> where he would come in. Or yeah, or like a lecture. <laughs> yeah, or even if it's the lecture, or even if it's just on the phone. They were all good to, lectures. It wasn't just to guy. hear him, just to hear him in person. Being silly. Yes. In silly ways. Yeah. Just being himself that was yeah that was also something that was very hard when when I was learning how to to cope with everything and to come to terms with this is this is my life now mm-hmm. is when you started going back to work and everybody was back to where they were 
supposed to be in, where they work and where they have to be and all of their commitments they are. I was alone in the house and I was not used to it being so quiet. Because he was here. He was always working yeah. from home. And he was he was always on the phone talking <laughs> super loud. He had to get and, the gab. Yeah. yeah, he was he was always doing something. And, and he'd be in here after school, kind of doing yeah, and, and we'd just talk, or he'd just ask me how the day went, or, or if you're making what's food? a crazy thing that happened. Yeah. When you were making food, was, he's like, What's for dinner? What am I what do you what's making? For me? What's for me? And, and he was joking, but and I'd be like, oh my gosh, stop it. But that was something that I couldn't even cook. Like a like one to two months after, I couldn't cook without getting sad. I don't even think I cooked because I was too sad to, because that was all I could remember was him coming. I expected him to come out and make that joke of, oh, are you making me food? Or are you going to save me some? And there were so many times where I would get back home after school and I'd just wait. I remember there was one day vividly where I just, I was on the couch and I just, and I just felt the need to just sit there. And I felt it in, in me of just waiting for him to come home, mm-hmm. for to hear the garage open, hear the car, his music, and then hear him come in on the phone most likely, <laughs> and, then, and then talk to him afterwards. And I couldn't. And there were many times where I just, in that moment of just needing support, I would I would be crying and I would call somebody and say, please, I cannot be alone right now. Please come here. Please, mm-hmm. let's go do something. I, I can't be alone right now or else I will cry. This house is too quiet for me right now. And it wasn't, I wasn't used to it. And now it's a little bit different. I've had to get used to that type of silence, but it was such a drastic change. And that's just coming back home. Mm-hmm. And it was said, it, it was something so big, but so your takeaway but, is, yeah, that's where the take, support system yeah. comes in. The, what you, what you were taught of those lines and memories of making memories and pick yourself up and all of that. That's where it all comes in is when you're alone and you can't call for that support or you can't ask for that, even though you know it's there, but say it's at like 5 a.m. Everybody's usually out by that time, (laughs) at least I hope, but you can't call for somebody when you wake up in the middle of the night and you have a flashback Mm -hmm. or you just wake up because you have bad sleeping because of it all. You can't call for anybody during that time. And you need to be by yourself. And you need to know how to pick your own self up and how to be your own support. Even though you can have other people and have the support group and a, and a supportive environment, you need to be your biggest supporter. And you need to be there for yourself all the time. You are with yourself 24-7. You know how you think. You know how you feel. You have to learn how to be able to comprehend those emotions, even if you can't put it in words. You need to learn how to comprehend those emotions and how to move forward with, okay, how do I handle this a little bit better so I don't have this type of reaction again if something like like this happens? And it's okay if you do, Mm -hmm. but how can I start handling this a little bit better so I don't have a breakdown every time that I have something triggering happen? Every time that I have a moment of just a flashback or every time that I have this going on or I can't call somebody, how can I be there for myself mm-hmm. in those moments? And it's going off of what you know, of what you learned and and created with that person. And it's going off of, of, of all of that. Yeah. Well, Samantha, I'm very proud of you. Thank Your you. dad would be <laughs> extremely proud of you for sharing just these experiences, sharing your thoughts, sharing it with others. I think that's an important thing given the experience you went through to highlight that with others um, so that they know that they're not alone. Yeah. I think that you mentioned a little bit, we said something about isolating. It is, does feel sometimes very isolating. Yeah. Um, But you're, highlighting how you're not alone even if you feel alone that's an emotion Mm -hmm. you're not actually alone you are not your emotion you are just feeling Feeling alone feeling not an i you are yes Mm -hmm. you're not you are not alone Mm -hmm. you 
feel alone. There's a huge difference there. Well, I appreciate you highlighting this, sweetie. Yeah, you, um, you inspire me. You give me strength along with your sister. Now I'm going to get emotional. Um, but I thank you for, for spending some time and going over this information. Yeah, of thank course. you. Of course. All right. Thanks. Of course.